Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 102 of WrestleLife Radio, where the risk is worth the reward. We're going to preview Money in the Bank, and we're also going to review SmackDown. My name is Matt Sen, also known as WrestleLife Matt, and I'm here with my little brother Micah. Say hi, Micah. So I don't know if you know this, but WrestleMania this year was too big for one night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, going to throw out random gimmicks whenever you ask me. Did you guys that. feel my eye roll when you said that? Um, yes. Also, also, the risk is worth the reward for Money in the Bank. <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know. I know we said it like 10 seconds ago, but I think we need to say it again. Yeah. So Michael um, Cole did about a thousand think, times on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm going to wait to, to your next segment, but I'm going to say that again because Vince is in my ear. He's telling me to say it. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and Kyle is also here who wants to let you know that the risk is worth the reward. Don't you, Kyle? Sure. <laughs> I'll play along. I just, oh my gosh, we're going to get to SmackDown in a minute. Kyle's going to take So the risk is death, right? Because they're going to the top. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they keep talking about tossing each other off the roof. And I'm like, so, so it stupid. wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. The, the, best, the best case scenario is they win the world title. The worst case scenario is that they die. There's so a body count. Worth, yeah, there is no. Yeah, the risk is not worth the reward, guys. I think the only life. one that doesn't really have a risk is AJ Styles because he could get thrown off the roof and survive. That's true. Uh, the Big Show can too, actually, because that literally happened before. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Yeah. In WCW, yeah, but he fell off in a monster truck though, so maybe like he had like the world's best roll he, cage on it. I don't he know. landed on the tires and he just bounced up like in Crackdown. Remember the- that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So let's uh, before we get into SmackDown. Let's do Take It Away, Chris. This day in wrestling history. With a megaphone and everything this time. I mean, I tell you, what can this guy not do? Super talented. So this day in wrestling history, May the 10th, 2020. 39 years ago. Vern Gagne retires from wrestling, and he retired by defeating Nick Bockwinkle to retain the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. He was 55 years old at the time, and after he retired, the AWA president said, I'll just give it the number one contender, who was Nick Bockwinkle. If this happened today, can you imagine how much we would bury it? Can you imagine? If I Triple totally H- would believe it, though. Yeah, 100%. Let's say Triple H wins the title, right? He, he wins it at this next WrestleMania. He holds on to it for six months, and then he wrestles, I don't, I don't know, who cares, Randy Orton, right? Wrestles Randy Orton. He beats Randy Orton, retires, and then Vince McMahon says, let's give it to Randy Orton. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's next year's WrestleMania, folks. Watch out yeah. for that. One, 100%. 100%. Uh, also, 19 years ago today, the XFL shut down. <laughs> no, you're thinking like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> shut down the shut down the first time. So yeah, um, fairness, I, I will say like people you know kind of poked fun at the XFL, especially for failing again. But it it was because of COVID. That's true. Mainly. and secondly, it was a lot better this time around. I think it would have survived without COVID. Didn't the first one fail yeah. because of nine eleven though? No, the first no, one it was, it was bad. Yeah, it was horrible. No, I mean like, didn't it happen like? Didn't like the season start right before 9-11 and then 9-11 happened and they just were like, no, no, because it shut down May 9th, 2001 and 9-11 happened 9-11, 2001. 
Oh, Mayna. Okay, yeah, nah. yeah, that makes sense. I okay, I guess I was yeah. wrong. I thought they were both from uh, Natural Disasters. I yeah, I don't. I can't even call nine eleven a natural disaster. A disaster. Um, yeah, their they, their hands are really tied. Honestly, it was pretty good. They would have survived a couple seasons, but uh, yeah, bad circumstances. I mean, naturally, it was a disaster. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Poor XFL. But yeah, it, this isn't an XFL podcast. But I d- will tell you, I only watched like three or four games, but I did legitimately enjoy them. I thought they were really cool. They had a lot of cool ideas, and I'm surprised the WWE, the WWE, the NFL hasn't or hasn't admitted to stealing this coming up season and maybe they will um, probably the the replay feature is like everybody's calling for really that cool. yeah. yeah yeah that was really cool that's probably the best thing about it anyway it doesn't matter xfl's dead boom um let's talk about smackdown and i i don't i'm not sure there's any part of the show that i liked and we even the parts that I, yeah we do, we do even the parts that i did like I, it wasn't given enough time, so Kyle, go right ahead. Let's do this because I want to. I want to talk about Manny Rose versus Sonya Deville, but I, you're taking the lead, and I really want to hear your thoughts about it anyway. All right, uh, yeah, SmackDown May eighth, two thousand twenty. The show opened uh, right away with Mandy in the back, getting ready for a match with Sonya. Uh, Otis walks up and asks how she's feeling. You know, asking if she's okay. Mandy tells him she's, you know, she's ready. She's been waiting for this for a long time. She gives her just a kiss on the cheek and walks away. And then right after that, we see Sonya shadow boxing. When Dolph Ziggler walks, uh, walks up, asks if she's ready. She said, this is five years worth of a beating she'll give to Mandy. And Dolph says, okay, but go easy on her face for me. And Sonya slaps her on the shoulder, says, no promises, and walks away. So this Dolph Ziggler is a really, really caring guy. He is. At least they're making an effort to make him a jerk now. But right. Uh, so yeah, the match is it just opens the show, and I was kind of I either thought this should have been on Money in the Bank. I kind of don't know why it wasn't, at least for the first uh, first match. But then, like they kind of built it like it was going to be something. Yeah, and I then agree. They just open the show, and I don't know if it's because they didn't have any faith in them, you know, working a long match or what. Um, and I mean, they didn't have a long match. It wasn't incredibly long, but. It was fine. There were a lot of things I actually liked about it. And uh, one of the things, so Mandy comes out, her music hits, and typically WWE is horrible about having people who are like in blood feuds or like had just gotten killed the week before, and they come out and they make their typical entrance. Like they they just have to make their entrance. Uh, Vince just has this idea that everybody has to have an entrance, and it's the same every time, no matter what circumstances are. But Mandy actually comes out, and she is mad. Rightfully so. She, you know, just got beat the crap out of her last week. So she comes out. She's ready to fight. She does get on the apron, does like her little pose, and she gets in the ring, does her like little arm pose. But she's not happy about it. She's, you know, kind of mad the whole time. But at least she showed emotion that you know reflected the situation that was going on. So uh, that was a good a good sign. And then uh, Mandy came out, or sorry, Sonya came out in her. Uh, her best broken Matt Hardy gear that she had. Right. Looked just like his little vest or whatever. So uh, she did go psycho last week. So she uh, comes out and I mean, they had a pretty, I, I thought it was a pretty decent match for what they could do. I mean, they're not uh, that experienced, but uh, I thought it was fun. Mandy basically comes hot out the gate. Like you would in a normal fight. She just goes right after Sonya, 
takes her down. You know, she she tries to pin her down, but Sonya goes after her injured leg. Uh, Mandy's able to fight through it and uh, forces Sonya to bail out of the ring. Sonya then gets the advantage uh, when she knees Mandy. She's she's trying to uh, get Sonya back in the ring, probably overly aggressive, and Sonya gets a gets a knee to her, and that's where she takes the advantage. Then she starts attacking the leg. Uh, basically just starts, you know, taking the match to the ground because she is a, you know, mixed martial arts fighter, supposedly. So she puts Mandy in a lot of holds. She's talking to her the whole time, probably a little too much, but she's talking to her and she's kind of dominating her, takes off her, you know, peeled on eyelashes or whatever they are. Uh, finally, Mandy's able to catch fire at one point with a clothesline, sends Sonya to the floor. She tosses her into the steps for no DQ. Again, I mean... Yeah, they can't, refs can't make up their mind, I guess. But she throws her into the steps, then throws her over the announce table. Mandy gets Sonya, and uh, she throws her in the ring. She yells at her, goes for a finish, but Sonya reverses it, rolls her up, grabs the tights, and gets the pin. So Sonya gets away with one here. Uh, but, I mean, listen, this is not going to be a technical wrestling match. They're just not experienced in that way. Uh, but as far as, like, the psychology of the match and them – like actually portraying this as a blood feud, I thought it was a success. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that fact, but my argument is this has been one of the biggest buildups. I mean, you can say Sonya and Mandy aren't big stars, and they're not, okay? But this has been a very well-built-up feud, very well. And then you open a random SmackDown. It was SmackDown before the pay-per-view, by the way. Yeah. To give them a six-minute match. It was six minutes. It was fine for what it was, but six minutes. You know what they just added to Money in the Bank? MVP versus R-Truth. Do these guys have a history since MVP came back? I don't know if they, if they did before. I don't remember. But they definitely don't since they did since MVP came back. I don't Why? feel like their careers even intercrossed, did they? I, I don't think so. I think so MVP I don't was out before R-Truth even came in. Right. So I don't understand why... This this happened, and I get the Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro because you want Jeff Hardy to get a win, a, a win, and he's a big star. But it just seems so disrespectful to give these two ladies that have worked their butts off to put on a really good storyline and a really good feud. Give them six minutes to, to to write it off, and is it over with? Maybe not. Maybe I'm complaining over nothing. But Sonya got a clean win on live television. So as far as I'm concerned, it's over. Uh, Sonya kind of made her look bad. I mean, she was beating her up at one point. And she's like, this is embarrassing, ref. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. So, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't I'm going to like be it. transparent. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. Yeah. Uh, or any week, really, for that matter. <laughs> uh, wasn't, wasn't Mandy injured going into this? Yeah, she had a taped up leg. That's correct. Yeah, I 100% she... guarantee you Vince McMahon is going to use that as an excuse to prolong the feud. Well, she I mean. She the leg, though. In, in fairness, so I think out of this performance, because I think they probably got some, I would imagine they got praise for this. There there wasn't anything like sloppy in it. And like I said, I, as far as like telling the story of them being in a blood feud, I bought into it. Like it, you know, they sold it well enough. Even when Mandy was firing up, she's really not showing this side of her against anybody, like to this extent. Like she's just kind of been Mandy that's in their posing. She actually showed fire in this match. And that's what I liked about it. And I think they will probably get a rematch. I mean, it's WWE, so they're almost guaranteed going to get a rematch. And, you know, they're just not going to let the heel win and get away with it. So I would guarantee the next one is probably going to be more impactful. 
I agree. I would have at least put this on Money in the Bank at some point. Uh, you know, I don't think it should have just opened SmackDown and just, you know, because I was like, I think this should either be the main event of SmackDown or like, you know, at least near the end or just put it on Money in the Bank. But they didn't. They put it on the open and they, if they didn't have a lot of trust going into this, I think they probably earned it to start it. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, after the end of the match uh, was over, we got a recap of the Lucha House Party beating Miz and Morrison a couple weeks ago or a week ago. I don't remember. And then uh, the Forgotten Sons beating the New Day. And so then we're going to have an eight man tag match with New Day, uh, Kofi and Biggie, with uh, Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik from Lucha House Party versus Miz Morrison and the Forgotten Sons, Cutler and Blake. So the teams come out, they're on the ring, and Dorado is jamming to Morrison's music. So uh, he's like doing drums and stuff when he's in the ring. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Kofi and Miz started out the match. Everybody, to start out the match at least, everybody was on the ring apron, and they were all like yelling at each other and talking. And I was like, my God, if this goes on for the entire match, I don't know what I'm going to do. It was so annoying, but they finally shut up after a while. But... Uh, Kofi started basically he started by beating up the Miz and then just went to the whole entire corner, started beating everybody up, uh, which basically caused a huge brawl, led to the baby faces all doing dives and taking control. And then we go to commercial break and come back and Blake is just in control for some reason. And I hate when they do this. Uh yeah. So. I think just mentioned it though. They're like, boy, they, what a when we went to commercial break. Yeah, but I just hate it. It's <laughs> They do it all the time. Actually, I think they did it twice on the show, and I can't stand it. But anyway, he doesn't keep it long because Biggie is, you know, able to get it back. Uh, the faces trade tags and beat down Blake. Kofi goes for a dive into the corner, and Cutler moves Blake out of the way, allowing Miz to get the tag. The heels get the heat on Kofi. Morrison does his awesome Alabama slam, like hits the ropes, and comes back and does a shining wizard, it, like in all in one motion. It was fantastic. Uh, Hills were able to stay control, and then we went to another commercial break. Uh, we get back, Kofi's still getting killed. Basically, the Miz uh, and Morrison, they were singing their song in the apron. They were just having a good time. The Forgotten Sons were working on Kofi, but Kofi was able to fight out and get a tag. Uh, all, or He was going for a tag, and all the heels simultaneously pulled down the baby faces. Yep. And uh, Kofi hit an SOS on the Miz. Uh, and Michael Cole was not excited about it. Like, I literally had to rewind it to be like, What's happening here? Michael Cole's like, yes, SOS. I'm like, well, that's like one of his signature moves. I don't know. Uh, Michael Cole drove me insane on this show. <laughs> maybe I just, maybe, maybe I, I just, I'm looking too close to it. But gosh, I, we should insert if we had a visual. We should have. Uh, we should be able to insert the meme, the the first time meme, because yeah, he drives me crazy every week. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, Lucha House parties got in. They started running wild on everybody. Cole does point out, you're talking about driving you insane. He points out how much of a role Lucha House Party's been on in, the, in recent weeks. And I was like, they won one time. One time? Like the last two they years. They actually lost to when the Forgotten Sons made their debut on SmackDown, the NXT tag team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what he's talking about. And then he was like, and Big E wants to have fun. I'm like, does everyone want to have fun, Michael Cole? Do they? Do they all want to have fun? Yeah, but n- nevertheless... Grand Middle League hits uh, Morrison with a sunset flip for a near fall. Dorado gets the tag and then spikes Morrison with a Hurricane Rana, like a la RVD taking a DDT. Just yeah, like I thought he was dead. Up on his head. Uh, doesn't go for the pin for some reason. 
Lucha House Party hit a series of like splashes and moonsaults, but the Forgotten Sons make the save. New Day jump in and take out the Sons. Miz tosses Biggie uh, and the Sons, or he tosses Biggie to the outside. The Sons hit their finisher on him on the outside, then powerbomb Kofi on top of him. So they take them out of commission. The Hills take out Metalik. And then uh, Morrison hits a sweet backflip fireman's carry on Dorado. Misses the Starship Pain. Miz gets the blind tag, and Morrison gets spiked again with a reverse Hurricane Rana. Yep. And the Miz hits the skull crushing, uh, skull crushing finale for the win. So, so much for that Lucha House Party hot streak because it's over with. So, the Miz, Morrison, and the Forgotten Sons win, and then they all argue in the ring afterwards at who was the MVP of this match. I figured the Forgotten Sons were going to attack Miz and Morrison. I was surprised when they didn't. Yeah, but they argued, so maybe they'll get a match at some point. Yeah. Maybe next week. So yeah, uh, he'll stand tall here. Lucha House parties, their uh, undefeated streak is over. Then we got an interview backstage. Kayla interviewing King Corbin. <laughs> he walks in. And he says something like, "Oh hell, the king" or something like that. He <laughs> talks about how uh, now um, he talks basically how he, him and his partners for tonight, uh, Nakamura and Cesaro, have beaten down Gulak and Brian over the last couple weeks, making him them kiss his feet. Did they actually kiss his feet? I don't remember that. I don't remember. I, I don't. I didn't I don't. think so. He made it sound like he's been doing that, but anyway. Uh, he doesn't think anyone wants to be their tag team partner after seeing this. And uh, bl- he blatantly says, and I respect him for this, he says, I don't, I don't even care about tonight. I'm looking past tonight and focus on Sunday. So he's basically saying, I don't care about tonight. I just care about winning the money in the bank. He talks about the money in the bank runs down all his opponents. Uh, then he calls out Otis for being a fat idiot who won't get off the floor. He's, he says he'll clog the elevator shaft like he clogs his arteries. I legit laughed. That was funny. Yeah. He says that he could smell the air on the rooftop of Titan Towers and said he's going to win on Sunday. Uh, I will also say that King Corbin also posted on his Instagram that he's been hanging uh, his, I guess, his previous briefcase on a chain in uh, his home for, I guess, where a chandelier would hang. And he's uh, been saying that he's been getting practice in. So (laughs) he definitely might have an advantage coming into Sunday. I think everybody needs to practice on how to walk up a ladder like a normal person. Yeah. Yes. And uh, can fat people walk up ladders? Because I'm pretty sure Otis isn't going to be able to, according to everyone from the WWE. Yeah. I feel like Otis could just like slam the ground like Mario and the, the, the chain will break and it'll fall. You know, I think he has the gravitational pull. I get it. I understand. Right down. Yeah. So, and we'll find out later in the show if Otis can indeed climb a ladder. Has a big show climbed a ladder before? Yes. He had a giant ladder at one point. We'll get there. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that Otis needs that. A reinforced ladder. (laughs) But we'll we'll get to that. Uh, Basically, the next segment, Renee Young was in the ring and welcomes back Jeff Hardy. So Hardy's making his way to the ring. Michael Cole reminds us that last week we all learned about Jeff Hardy's storied career over the past couple weeks. And I was like, really? We just now learned about it. Like, nobody knows who Jeff Hardy is, apparently. Because they, like, Cole, not, I thought that was bad enough. But then Corey Graves, right after that, talks about how his, on his stupid podcast, he had Jeff Hardy on as, on as a guest and basically ran down probably what Jeff Hardy was about to cut as a promo. Saying how, you know, he's coming back from his career and all this stuff. And I was like, you idiots just need to shut up 
like I, he's like saying word for word what he talked about on his podcast, and I'm like I'm, I'm sitting here saying I bet he's probably about to say half of that in this promo. Uh, and basically, Renee gets in, points out that uh, everything Colin Graves just said, but she did a better job at it, and then asks Jeff, "What does he have left to prove?" Jeff said he's done it all, but he's seen his lowest of lows. But his lows have taught him how to get up. Seamus is like, does he just randomly cut to the back? Like in the middle of Jeff Hardy talking. So he just like interrupts his promo. And like we get sound of Seamus in the back looking at a TV saying, oh, this, this is ridiculous. You know, so he's not feeling it. Uh, Jeff then says that he can still hear the fans, even though they're not here in the building. And uh, ask for the fans to stick with him for one last run. Seamus has heard enough. So he makes his way to the ring and Jeff actually calls him out too. Cause he's, he knows that he's probably in the back watching on a TV. I don't know what would give that away. Yes. Jeff Hardy is smart. So he calls him out as well. Seamus comes out, calls Jeff a junkie says no one, uh, no one is here. No one cares about him. Seamus says the fans are tired of wasted chances that Jeff Hardy's had. Jeff says, you sure know a lot about me for being a hater. And uh, mm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm starting to take Seamus aside after this. Because <laughs> Seamus comes out and makes a fair point. Like, dude, you've had your chances. You failed every time. Or at least made a mistake. And all Jeff could say was, you're a hater. <laughs> Just like, I mean, how do you come back for that if you're Seamus? I mean, where do you go from there? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I, he came back. He said, he's basically come back to SmackDown and take down the weakest of flames. And he he felt like Jeff Hardy is the weakest, and it's time to put it out. So Sheamus starts to head to the ring. Jeff Hardy kicks him as he's coming to the ring. Sheamus, much like Nia Jax, who's known for like hurting people, just like tosses Jeff in the corner like a sack of dog dirt. Yep. Uh, Jeff, uh, you know, wasn't hurt. Luckily, gets up and counters Sheamus. Hits a whisper in the wind, a twist of fate, and a swanton bomb. Hardy rolls out of the ring, and Sheamus is back up at his feet yelling at Jeff. Yeah, he no-sells the crap out of this. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, are you Lesnar now or something? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was I was actually fine with the segment until that happened, and I was like, this is stupid. So, yeah. So, Jeff Hardy's a junkie. Uh, Sheamus is a hater. And apparently, the new Brock Lesnar, because he didn't sell this at all. Uh, whatever. I guess they're going to get a match at some point, but Cesaro has got to be first in line because they're having a money in the bank match or a, mo- a match at a money in the bank. Right. Anyway, then we get a plug. Uh, we actually get a commercial actually. And then we get come back and we get a plug from Michael Cole uh, of the performance center, which shows all the recently released talent working out in the background, preparing for the, the future endeavors they'll have. Right. Yeah. I was like, great, great job guys. Then we get the Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt face to face. Uh, and much like Micah, you know, has pointed out this match is probably going to suck. This segment sucked. Braun comes out, says, uh, Bray didn't create him. And he's not, he basically said Bray is scared of him. He tells him that he has something to say. If Bray has something to say to come say it to his face, Bray White comes out. He's all smiles. He gets in the ring and says, he just wants Braun to apologize. And Braun says he doesn't uh, owe Bray anything. But uh, Bray Wyatt says it's not true, and he knows it. Uh, Braun says, well, you'll be sorry on Sunday, Bray. And Bray says, uh, he knows his creation. <laughs> to which Braun says, shut up. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> That's and, not a bad Strowman voice you're doing there. Yeah. So Bray tells Strowman uh, to come home. And he he says, come home, and you could be special like me. 
And he says, all he has to do is give up that universal title. And then Bray says, he wants to get that universal championship. And I was just like puzzled. And he, he said it again, like to hammer it home. And then Braun was like, I know you want me to say, get these hands. And I was like, oh, that's what you were trying to make a joke out of. And then, and then Bray was like snickering. I, I totally, it totally went over my head. I did not get this. Whatever. I did not get that joke. <laughs> so, uh, basically the entire promo was Braun saying, you don't know me. I mean, he sounded like Edge's theme music out there. Uh, Bray said the journey is just the beginning. So Micah, apparently this is just the beginning. I know you're looking forward to this match. Nope. Uh, he then pre- presents a uh, black sheep mask to Braun. Uh, Bray and all the puppets tell Braun to come home. The music gets louder. It builds in anticipation. What is Strowman going to say? Is he going to accept the mask? The music stops. And Braun says, I am home. And I have the Universal Championship. And this Sunday, I'm going to keep it. And you'll be stuck playing with your little puppets. Ooh. It was so bad. Braun Strowman, like they, they write everything this man says. And it was so obnoxiously bad. Like the few things he said before Bray came out, every line that he delivered, it was just miserable. Yeah, the problem so is bad. they write all this stuff for him and he can't read. So <laughs> That's mean. Or he can't speak either. One of the two. So uh, then he mocked Bray and yelled bye, showing like that's like the most emotion he showed in this whole promo. Yep. He waves by, mocking Bray Wyatt, goes out of the ring. Bray keeps saying he tried. Uh, I'm sure they tried with a segment, but it sucked. So, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was terrible. Yeah, not good. Then we have Otis in the back. He, he's walking. He walks past Brian and Drew Gulak. The good guys they are, they greet him and ask how Mandy's doing. Otis says, she, she's upset, but she'll be okay. They ask Otis... Uh, if they heard what Corbin said earlier about him. And he said, no, I was with Mandy. I didn't hear it. And they said, all right, well, let's take a walk. You know, clearly setting up something because, hey, these two need a mystery partner in the main event or need a partner. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're talking to him. So something is building. Uh, I noticed that. We'll see if anybody else noticed it later in the show. Lacey Evans versus and uh, Tamina versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Um, this, yeah, the match happened. They basically showed Tamina getting jumped from last week. Um, they show in the ensuing brawl after. Bailey and Tamina start off the match. Tamina dominates. Then uh, Sasha gets the tag. Bailey chop blocks Tamina. And then both of them start getting the heat on her. And I was like, what? Tamina then, uh, she's able to counter finally, sends the heels to the outside. They're like backing up, backing away from her. And Evans jumps off the apron and like Sasha runs into the back of her or Sasha's back. Like she backs into her. They turn around and look at her like they're surprised that she's there. And they said, stay out of our business. <laughs> it's like, she's in the match, you idiots. So we go to commercial break. We come back. Uh, Evans is in the ring. She goes for a moonsault on Sasha. And he gets distracted. Like she, ju- she, the way she does her moonsault, she jumps to the top and then jumps and does a moonsault. So she does the first part where she jumps and all she has to do is jump off to hit the moonsault. Bailey like starts running towards her and this halts Evans in her path. And I was like, what? Just jump. <laughs> That's all you have to do. 
So, it, but it's distracted enough for Banks to get uh, get the advantage. Knocked her down into the tree of woe. Hit her with a kick. Then the heels start getting the heat on Evans. Tamina then finally gets the tag. Uh, she like immediately. It's a hot tag, and she just like immediately gets knocked to the floor by the heels. They go on the outside, and she just kills him on the outside instead. So, like, I guess a unique hot tag, but whatever. Tamina then takes Bailey into the ring. Bailey hits the Bailey to Bailey, and then hits the top rope elbow, which have both been used as her finishers before. But Tamina kicks out of two. Michael Cole says he doesn't know if Bailey has anything left, but Bailey from in the ring says, "Oh, I do, Michael Cole." Really <laughs> like, saying knowledge that they can hear this idiot on the outside. Yep. So Tamina gets Bailey, or she gets Bailey up for a Samoan drop. But Banks makes the save. Evans comes in, hits the women's right. Bailey tosses Evans to the outside. Tamina hits the super kick, followed by the Samoan drop and picks up the win. So Sunday, Tamina better win, or she better get hit by a truck if she's going to lose. Right. Because she got hit with both Bailey's finisher, like no fluke, and she just straight up kicked out of it. So if she beats her with either of these moves on Sunday, I'm going to lose it. I uh, I have a problem with Tamina getting the shot just for the sheer fact that she was the first person eliminated at WrestleMania. But I can't really comment on this match because, just to be completely honest, I knew that you were reviewing SmackDown, so I just fast-forwarded it. I have <laughs> real interest in this. Like It, it happened. Watch SmackDown, to be honest with you. And, and there have been weeks, you know, in the last couple months that I have skipped SmackDown since uh, since WrestleMania with Braun as the champion. And I just, I, I, I have no interest. Like, I might not, like, if I might just get up and do something tomorrow while I'm, or yeah, tomorrow when we're watching the pay-per-view, you know? I what just, are I the, uh, what are the chances? Do we know for sure if Braun is going to be facing... The Fiend, or is he going to be perhaps I'm, facing Bray Wyatt? I'm pretty sure he's facing Bray Wyatt. Almost positive, actually. Yeah, The mm. Fiend hasn't made an appearance in this entire feud, so... Nope. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with what Matt said on the last show, which was he thinks it'll be Bray Wyatt against uh, Braun Strowman. Braun will beat him, and then The Fiend will face him at some point and beat him. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, the speaking of this match, the Tamina match, everybody knows the formula. You know, it's a non-title match. You get a you get a pin over the the champion, and then you face at the pay per view, and the champion beats you. That's that's how it's it just goes. probably going to beat her with one of these two moves that she hit her with, and I'm yeah. I'm just waiting for it. I, like she kicked out of that, and I was like, okay, well, she better win. Like to me, to better win, because I mean, it's going to be dumb if she like she she better throw her off a of Titan Towers and then beat her. Like seriously, but whatever. This this match, it's it happened. Nothing really. You know, not much to talk about. So, before the main event, or we're about to go to commercial break, Corey Graves wonders if Brian and Gulak will even be able to find a partner tonight. And it's like you're not even going to mention the possibility of Otis being involved. <laughs> they were just like the segment before the match that just ended. <laughs> they talked to this man, and there's not many people backstage. So. <laughs> Not only that, uh, basically after this, Corey Graves narrates a tour of the WWE headquarters and basically runs down what's going to happen, uh, you know, Sunday at the main event, uh, Money in the Bank show. Uh, then Kayla interviews Carmel and Dana Brooke. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Kayla interviews both of them. Both openly admit that Carmella had no faith in Dana qualifying. Like it was such an upset that she beat Naomi. Yep. 
And I was just like, great friend. But it gets worse. Dana says, no one knows what to expect. So, uh, you know, with this money in the bank match coming Sunday, because it's, it's so unique. It's never happened before. So she thinks that she has just as much of a chance as anybody. I'm like, okay, I can see that you see that. She doesn't have much confidence in herself, but whatever. Carmela then reminds us that she has won Money in the Bank twice, which I didn't even remember she, her winning twice, but apparently she did. Carmela then says, friendships and alliances don't matter on Sunday, and that's fine with her, because she'll win. And I was like, my God, what horrible friends these people are. Yeah, awful. So, yeah, the, the gist of this was uh, Dana sucks, Carmela's won twice, and they don't care about each other. Yep, even though they're friends. Yeah, they're, they're quote-unquote friends. So then we had the main event of the show after this, the six-man tag with Brian and Gulag versus the mystery opponent against Corbin, Nakamura, and Cesaro. <laughs> right before the main event, the hacker makes an appearance. He shows Sasha and Bailey clips, the Miz losing. So we know there's dissension possibly between Miz and Morrison. Dana and Carmella, because they're such great friends, and teases you know all these possible breakups. And then he shows a voicemail clip of what sounds like a girl, but could be of, you know, a voice warp or something uh sounds like somebody saying uh that payback is coming and it's coming real soon and then we get a flash of the screen that the truth will be heard and uh yeah so we'll see what happens so uh someone over on reddit actually like demodulated the voice or whatever and tried to make it sound normal and everyone over there is freaking out about how it sounds exactly like mickey james and i swear if they bring mickey james back as the hacker Oh my gosh. They brought her back last time as Luchadora, so it's totally possible. Weirdest thing. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't hold it against them. I hope the the hacker gets involved with the Money in the Bank match, though. That would be pretty interesting to see him, like, cut off power or... Yeah, uh, Otis getting in the elevator, going straight to the top, but the elevator won't open. Yeah, that'd be good. It'd be better if... him clog up the elevator? (laughs) (laughs) It would be better if it was Baron Corbin, though, so I didn't have to look at him for the rest of the night. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, speaking of Baron Corbin, he's been made <laughs> it in here. So the heels come out and then Brian and Gulak come out. And surprise, surprise, Otis is the mystery partner. And then Michael Cole says, Graves, you specula- speculated about this and you were correct. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did I miss Some something? Some of that natural WWE commentary just flows right, right out. <laughs> He basically did the opposite. Like they showed the segment before where like, I mean, I was just waiting on for somebody to say, you know, could it be possibly Otis? Is he going to team with him? Like, you know, like at least tease it, especially since, you know, you have TV viewers and you had a record low last week and Otis is the most popular guy on the show. Arguably, you're not going to tease him being in this main event. You're just going to be like, Oh, who could it be? And then you come out here and have the audacity to say, Corey, you correctly speculated that this is going to be Otis. It's like, shut (laughs) up. These two were, uh, I hated them. So anyway, <laughs> we had this main event. Brian and Corbin start out. Uh, Brian repeats a strategy from last week, going for the legs uh, of Corbin with some leg kicks, try some ground and pound. Gulak gets the tag. Corbin hits him in the throat, uh, you know, tries to get the advantage, but Gulak actually gets the better of him. Cesaro comes in and Gulak hits like a Michinoka driver on him for a near fall. Gulak goes to the top, but Corbin distracts him, allowing Nakamura to shove Gulak straight into a big uppercut from Cesaro, and the heels take over. Yep. The heels work over Gulak until uh, he's able to tag Otis, who Otis runs wild on Nakamura by flattening him in the corner. Otis hits the Caterpillar, 
But Cesaro comes in and intervenes, so he couldn't follow up with a pin. Otis kills him and tosses him the outside, allowing basically putting the heels in shambles on the floor. We go to commercial break. We come back, and Corbin just has Brian in a chin lock. And I'm like, yep, again. Surprise, surprise. Baby faces go into the break with the clear advantage and come back, and they just lost it. And then we get a reminder of what happened. Brian went for a kick or something, and Cor- I, I'm pretty sure I just skipped over what happened. I was just baffled. So, uh, yeah, Corbin's working on Brian. Uh, Gulag gets the tag. He's able to come in and take out Cesaro. Gulak and Cesaro put on a wrestling clinic. They were just going back and forth, which was pretty awesome. Uh, just reversing each other. Gulag gets the rings of Saturn on Cesaro. Uh, I mean, they're just doing a great job. Corbin gets the blind tag, and Nakamura comes in to help him out uh, on, on Gulak. Otis takes him out. Uh, then he just rips off his tiny little shirt like it's toilet paper. Just a burial of Hulk Hogan, because Hulk used to, you know, Slowly rip off the shirt, but no, Otis just rips it like toilet paper. Right. Uh, Cesaro boots Otis in the gut, but it just fires up Otis, starts rubbing his belly. Corbin sends Otis to the floor. Yeah, Corbin comes in, sends Otis to the floor. And uh, Gulak runs up Corbin for a near fall. Cesaro and Nakamura, Nakamura take out Otis and Brian on the outside. Corbin hits the deep, deep six on Gulak and picks up the win. So the heels, you know, end up winning. And I'll just go ahead and tell you guys, we, we were, uh, I, I didn't get to watch SmackDown until earlier today, but as it was going on, I, I think Matt was watching, or, or did you watch it today, Matt? Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I actually messaged you as I finished it, and you said you had just started watching. Yeah, so Matt, Matt hits our group up, and he's like, this main event is so stupid. He's like, he's freaking out. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll remember that. And so I just started the show, and I'm watching it. I get to the main event, I'm watching this whole match, and I'm like, okay, it's not bad. I don't know what Matt's freaking out about. And uh, then I figured out what it was. So after the match, <laughs> the heels set up Gulak for like a scepter attack again, which makes sense. But Brian comes in and makes a save. Otis and, and Brian, did you know that Michael Cole, Michael Cole let us know that, and it might have been Corey Graves, I don't remember, that it uh, Dan O'Brien saved weeks of Gulak's career by intercepting that scepter shot. You mean the same one they took two weeks ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they set him up again to end his career, supposedly, or decapitate him. Brian makes a save and tosses Cesaro Nakamura to the outside. Gulak dives onto all the heels. Everybody starts brawling and they leave. Corbin's just standing by himself. He's on the ramp. He sees a ladder. He's like, oh, I got to show the, the WWE universe that I'm going to win on Sunday. So he <laughs> grabs the ladder, those in the ring. He's going to symbolically climb the ladder. Which also means he's going to literally climb the ladder. Yeah. He starts climbing it. And he's going to the top. He gets to the top. When all of a sudden, Brian slides in. He knocks Corbin off the ladder. Or no, uh, Brian comes in. And uh, he tosses Brian into the ladder. Corbin starts climbing again. And then Otis comes in. Uh, Otis takes out Corbin. They talk about how fat Otis is and if he can even climb the ladder. And I'm like, are you seriously, guys? Like, it's 2020. You're talking about how a fat guy can't climb the ladder. When sure enough, Otis grabs the ladder, sets it up. He steps on the bottom step and it just breaks. It snaps. <laughs> it's just like, are you kidding me? Goes for the second step, it snaps. And I just like put my my head in my hands. <laughs> just like. And I, as we pointed out, the big show has climbed a ladder before people. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's climbed a normal ladder and he's had his big show ladder, but seriously. 
but yeah, Otis is too fat to climb the ladder. So Corbin comes in, attacks him, tosses him out. Then Brian gets back in, gets the better Corbin. Now he's set to the ladder to climb it. <laughs> so everybody's fighting in the ring to set up a ladder and fake climb up and get this briefcase that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Just looking like a bunch of idiots. The announcers keep trying to justify this by saying this is a symbolic win, I guess. It's a, it's a visual win. If they could do this, if they could complete it, it means they have an advantage going into Sunday is what I'm guessing they're trying to sell here. So Brian tries to go up. It is unsuccessful because Corbin gets back in the ring, knocks him off the ladder, tosses him into Otis on the outside. He is finally able to, after like four attempts, climb the ladder, grabs the beef briefcase. All that practicing at home is paid off. <laughs> so for the third or fourth time, he gets the briefcase, celebrates all the symbolism, showing he's going to win on Sunday, I guess. And that's what sends us to Money in the Bank's on Sunday. So Corbin has a clear advantage going in because, hey, he climbed the ladder on SmackDown and got the fake win here. Uh, this was stupid. Yeah. It made no sense. So yeah. why are these guys – like, Brian and Otis had left. They had beaten up the guys who beat them up a couple weeks ago. Like, they just felt the need to come back and beat up Corbin, not let him get this symbolic win. They just look like a bunch of idiots. So – just stupid. It was dumb. It makes as much sense as the great Collie pinning somebody in the Royal Rumble. Right. That's what yeah. I would akin it to. So it was, it made zero sense. And as it was happening, I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, why is Corbin grabbing the ladder? And I saw those five minutes left because I watched it uh, uh, recorded. And so I'm like, okay, well, this, this is just, he's going to climb the ladder and then they're going to have a big brawl over something that doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter, guys. It's stupid. They talk about how these ladder matches can shorten men's careers. And, you know, how about not doing it? If you're smart, just don't do it. Let them fight over this stupid briefcase that they can symbolically win. Who gives a crap? It's just so stupid. I just, I, just, I, I hate, I, I, uh, I was talking to my beautiful wife about this who did not watch SmackDown with me. And I said, I'm not sure... If WWE is as bad as I believe it is, or if I'm just enjoying AEW so much that it is a well-written and most of the time logically flowing show that when WWE does random crap that makes no sense, which they do at least once a show, and I'm not exaggerating, am I? At least once a show, mm. that I, it's just so obvious and it's just so glaring I'm telling you, man, like I le I'm legitimately having a hard time watching WWE right now, especially SmackDown, even though Raw's longer. I just don't enjoy SmackDown. I don't. It's not a good show. And I just it's just so frustrating. I, I just I'm sitting here and even though I'm recording it and I get to fast forward the commercials, it's still an hour and 28 minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back. Yep. Can you imagine if, say, MJF was in this match? And he just walked in and then looked up at the briefcase and then walked out. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. Or Jericho. I could see Jericho doing the same thing. Yeah. Which is the or thing a about, smart heel would do. Yeah. Or how about when they're all fighting over it, is, he just like sits back and watches. Because why do you want the stupid briefcase? It doesn't matter. No one cares about a symbolic win. You care about an actual win. Preserve your bodies, guys. So stupid. So freaking stupid. 
I guess the only beneficial thing was Otis now knows he has to find a reinforced ladder or a big show ladder. Or just don't step on the gimmick steps. Yeah. Yeah. They so literally just removed the brackets from the side. I don't know if you saw that. The bottom two steps on that side of the ladder didn't have the, the brackets on the side that support the ladder steps. I did not notice that. Yeah, it was a gimmick ladder, which obviously it was. I mean, he can climb a ladder. Yeah. I will say there are some ladders that Otis could probably not climb, but I'm sure the ladders that they use are perfectly fine. Yeah, of course. So let's let's move into Money in the Bank, and let's talk about some predictions. Then we're, I'm going to quiz you guys. Okay. So, Micah, will you uh, keep these for us? Okay. Do we even know uh, the matches? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I got the card right here in front of me. Okay. So, and we can talk about it if you want. I don't care about talking about it. But the kickoff show is Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Are we all in agreement Jeff Hardy wins? Like, yeah. by a landslide? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Okay. You guys want to say anything? Which is Do you want to... It is a shame because Cesaro deserves better. He does. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, he's incredibly talented, but yeah, they don't care. Uh, R-Truth versus MVP. And this one might be a little more interesting, Kyle. Do you want to open up with this one? Uh, R-Truth wins. Okay. <laughs> I just don't. Do you... I don't care. Uh, I don't think anybody cares. Uh, yeah. I just, why have MVP beat R-Truth here? I don't know, but whatever. Doesn't matter either I'll way. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why Kyle Polly. Okay. Kyle Polly on Instagram, because if MVP defeats our truth here, this whole like little uh, group that he's trying to start faction, you could say, it makes him look stronger if he's going to be leading this faction. So MVP, who is supposedly starting a faction with the NXT tag team that won last week on SmackDown, that I can't remember their names, or uh, I just. Or Raw, whatever the, one, the heck it the was. The ones with uh, big feet? Yeah. Uh, that beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander? Yeah, Shane Thorne and somebody? Yeah. Yeah, six foot five. I can't remember his name, but I remember his Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, it, it'll make him look stronger for that. So I'm actually picking MVP here. Yeah, I'm also going to go with MVP for the reason you stated. And also, I heard Apollo Crews is going to turn heel and also be in that group. That'd be great. We'll see how that goes. Um, He's I think so good. MVP would be a lot of use. For he only him. just had his biggest win of his career and looked really good <laughs> heading into Money in the Bank, and they took him out for no reason. So yeah, his biggest win of his career make, over MVP makes total sense. No, I mean, but he, he looked great and like against Andrade, he had a great match, and yeah, just he's finally getting something going. But yeah, makes sense to turn him heel. Yeah, let's let's be fair though. Nothing against Apollo Cruz. AJ Styles is a better choice for the match. Oh yeah. I mean, he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. So yeah, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship: The New Day versus Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho! Versus the Forgotten Sons versus the Lucha House Party. This one is really hard to call. Uh, the New Day just won it, and I don't understand why you would put it on them if you're going to take it off of them immediately. Uh, that is the obvious choice. Um, the Forgotten Sons, who were forgotten in NXT, actually matter in the WWE. They have shown that the WWE believes in them, at least to an extent, because they've looked very strong. But I don't know, man. There's no way Lucha House Party is winning. Miz and Morrison aren't winning it back. I think the New Day will probably retain. They'll start a feud with the Forgotten Sons and then lose the title in the future to them. So I think right now, New Day wins. Micah? I am also going to go with the New Day. 
because I just really can't see anybody taking it off him at this point, to be honest with you. It just it doesn't make sense for anybody else to win. Um, because I, I believe they're going to probably end up splitting Ms. Morrison up, which they should. Uh, I don't see Forgotten Sons getting it yet. And I don't see Lucha House Party winning this match. So, Okay. Kyle? Yeah, I think New Day is going to win. Uh, pretty much like you said, and... I think Ms. Morrison, one of them is going to take the pin because like, uh, I agree they, they're going towards splitting them up in some way. So I think, yeah, and they are, they're also going to try and protect the Forgotten Sons. Uh, so, yeah, I think New Day is going to win. Although it's hard not to, you know, to like the, uh, the pick of Lucha House Party since they're on such a hot streak coming into this. SmackDown Women's Championship: Bailey versus Tamina. Kyle, you just gave us a pretty strong, uh, strong indicator that you think Tamina has to win this match. Is she going to win? No, <laughs> I don't think she's going to win. Uh, she she better, but based on this match on SmackDown. But uh, I'm pretty sure Bailey's probably just going to win with noble drop or something. So yeah, Bailey, I, I'm picking Bailey here. Bailey will probably win with her new finisher, that like Facebook. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so that's uh, the crappy that's my one? prediction. Yeah, yeah. That well, the, honestly, like, and I, I hate to brag on Bailey because I love Bailey, but she's never really had a good finisher. The elbow drop is fine, but everyone does it. The Bailey to belly is miserably stupid, and the new face crusher thing is just dumb. Like she, I think if she had a really cool finisher, that people would take her more seriously because she, out of the four horsewomen, she's obviously the fourth best. Like we could talk about it all day, but obviously Becky Lynch and Charlotte are two of the best women's wrestlers of all time. Sasha Banks. I think that you could argue she also is And Bailey. I know a lot of people love Bailey and I do too, but I don't put her in that same tier. And this isn't a conversation about Bailey. I just, I think she needs a good finish is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. I, I went off on a tangent. Micah. Yeah. I'm, I'm picking Bailey just because there's no way that Tamina gets the SmackDown Women's title. There's no way. I mean, that's it's. there's no way. And if so, that's dumb. So SmackDown has a useless big monster man as their universal champion. Why not have a useless big monster woman I mean, as I your women's champion? I would prefer her over Nia Jax. Let's be honest. But no. I guess. Yeah. No. I guess. I don't know. Skip. Uh, Universal Championship, Braun Strowman versus uh, versus Bray Wyatt, and we assume that it's Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Um, Micah, I'm going to let you start us with this and see what you think. Uh, if Braun is facing Mr. Rogers, I think he's going to win. Uh, if Braun faces The Fiend, he's going to lose. Uh, either way, it will be dumb and an unenjoyable match. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say Braun. Just because, uh, shoot, I'm actually going to say, even if it's The Fiend, I'm going to say Braun wins because they like to ruin uh, The Fiend as a character. And you know what? Why not just put that final nail in his coffin? So I'm going with Braun. Okay. Kyle? Yeah, I think Braun's going to win here because, uh, as we said earlier, it's we're thinking it's going to be Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. And I think Braun's got to – it would kind of be silly for him to lose to Bray Wyatt, especially here. Um so, uh, yeah, I think Braun's going to go up against Bray Wyatt here and win, and then he'll meet the Fiend at some point and probably lose. Remember, 
in, I believe, the last episode that we did, where I said if Braun Strowman wins this match, that I'm no longer watching SmackDown. I might even say the WWE. And uh, I feel like on Tuesday, someone's going to have to review Raw for me. I feel like Braun Strowman's winning here. And I feel... Not it. (laughs) I feel like, and it's the truth, I feel like Braun Strowman is going to win, and then The Fiend's going to beat him at the next pay-per-view. That's clearly where they're headed, but I just... Who cares? Who cares about Braun Strowman as champion? Right? We talked about this on our I certainly don't. No, nobody (laughs) does. And like we would have a year and a half ago, right? Absolutely we would have a year and a half ago. But he has been buried. He's been made look stupid by Tyson Fury, who is not a professional wrestler. He was destroyed by Sami Zayn, who was like his first win in like two years. And yes, it was three on one, but still. It was just it was just dumb. Braun Strowman looks like an idiot. He's always been booked to look like an idiot, which is unfortunate because he was could have been a really big deal 12 to 18 months ago. But I hate I hate every second of this. I might hate it more than the Seth Rollins reign. Hey, hey, I you, hate you don't know him, Matt. You don't know right? him. <laughs> this is so bad. He doesn't do anything great. He's okay in the ring. For a big guy, I'd even say he's decent, if not good. He's terrible on the mic. And he, I, just, I hate him. I hate him so much. Braun Strowman wins. Uh, let's talk about something we love, and it's Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I'll go first. Drew McIntyre is going to kick Seth Rollins' head off, and I am going to jump off my couch excited because I hate Seth Rollins, and I love Drew McIntyre. Kyle. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think if, if Seth Rollins beats this guy right after WrestleMania, I'd just – I'll stop watching WWE. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. McIntyre with a Claymore kick. Yeah, yeah. I am also going to say that Drew is going to kick Seth's head off. Uh, I will enjoy this match probably more than any on the card, just because actually I I don't hate Seth Rollins as much as Matthew does, but uh, especially as a heel, I hate him as a face. He's not a good face at all. He's he's actually done pretty good heel work uh, recently. He's had some iffy moments, but. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, I want to see Drew kill Seth Seth Rollins. It'll be great. Okay, so we agreed on most of these matches. Almost all of them, actually. So, for the Money in the Bank, we're going to make them worth more points. So these Money in the Bank matches are going to be worth three points each. You mean this agree one with that? match? They're happening at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We gotta. You got <laughs> the winners. Yeah, yeah. I give you. Yeah, the men, the men, and the women's winners. Um, let's do the women first. So your women's money in the bank ladder match. Your competitors are Nia Jax, Oscar. Is she too fat to climb the ladder? Yeah, I mean, like, I may have mentioned that to somebody. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say that because she's a woman and Otis is a man. So you can't you can't talk about a woman's weight. But seriously. We're in a new age now. Uh, feminism is actually equality now. So, yeah, so uh, we're supposed yeah, to pick on is now. fat. So I think I think the equality is not to pick on men. I, I'm not talking about her beauty because hey, Adele lost a bunch of weight and everyone got mad at her for it. So uh, apparently, you can't be skinny or fat nowadays. Wait a minute, is that a real thing that happened? Yes, yeah, a real thing that happened. Yes, oh, Adele lost a bunch of weight. She show. looks great, and she's probably a lot healthier. And people are mad at her for it. Some people, not everybody, but some people. Okay. 
Uh, yeah. I, we're gonna have to talk about this after this is over because I legitimately, <laughs> uh, I, I that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Women's Men in the Bank ladder match. This is not an Adele podcast. <laughs> Nia Jax versus Oscar versus Shayna Baszler versus Lacey Evans versus Carmella versus Dana Brooke. Kyle. Part of me really wants Dana Brooke to win because that would just be so hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. I just have no, I have no idea. I know, I know Rain was very, she, she made a prediction on her uh, WWE What If account uh, that she thinks Lacey Evans is going to win and cash it on uh, Bailey later in the show, which I think is actually a, not a bad theory. But I don't know. I just can't see. They just haven't had much faith in Evans as of late. It would just be kind of weird for her to just win it now and then do that. And her just like suddenly becoming champion. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it, and that could, you know, cause some tension between Bailey and Sasha. But I don't, I don't know. I think they're building to Bailey and Sasha for the belt at some point, uh, which I don't have no interest in seeing. So I think it's either going to be Nia, Asuka, or Shayna. But like, I don't want to see Nia win. I don't. I don't have faith Shane is going to win. I, I really don't know. Like, it, this one's tough. So I, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Nia Jax, even though I don't okay. want to. I would hate to see her win because she kills people. But I'm just going to go with Nia Jax for now. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, she might actually throw somebody off the roof. She might. <laughs> Mistake. Oops. Sorry, Asuka. Uh, go ahead, Micah. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much can mimic what Kyle said. Uh, I really don't know. Um, I'm narrowing it down, actually, to Asuka and Shayna. I agree with Rain on her Lacey theory, but like I Kyle said, I think, I think they're saving that for, for Sasha and Bayley um, at maybe the next pay-per-view or even the one after that. Since that's only like, you know, two months away, probably. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the person who I think deserves it at this current time. And I'm going to say Asuka just because of how much of an MVP she's been for these NBA arena shows. And I'm hoping maybe they see that and are realizing, hey, you know, she deserves this money in the bank uh, win here. Uh, I don't think they have faith in Shayna, to be honest with you. I think they kind of lost that. Uh, maybe they'll do Shane and Becky again. I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Asuka. I think she deserves it. As a giant Asuka mark, I hope you're right. I really do. Um, but I think this really comes down to Nia and Shayna Baszler. I really do. And I think that if Shayna does not win here, then her WWE career is stagnant. And I don't want to say it's over because WWE has a tendency to forget about someone for a long time and then just bring them back up and try to make them relevant again. But if Shayna doesn't win here, that undefeated streak where we just assumed she was going to be Becky Lynch and she was going to go on this year-long tear, that's over. Yeah, It's 100% over. I mean, because if she doesn't, she lost to Becky in a mediocre to bad match at WrestleMania and that was given no time whatsoever. The rumor is that Vince McMahon doesn't believe in her, but Paul Heyman does. And I think that even if she wins here and she doesn't succeed in cashing in to defeat Becky Lynch, I still think that they have to milk this somehow. And she is 
one of the most dominant NXT women's champions of all time. Like, it's not even close. She's one of if of all time. I think there's money in her and Becky. I think there's a lot of money in her and Asuka, if you can build both of them back up properly again as probably the two most dominant, you know, women's NXT champions. I just... It's hard because my gut is telling me Nia Jax, but gosh, my heart does not want her to win it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Shayna. And plus that gives us the opportunity for all three of us to pick different people. Um, the only person that I think has zero chance of winning here is Dana. Um, I, I think that Lacey and Carmella have a small chance. I think Asuka has an okay chance and Nia has a very good chance, but I still think Shayna's the winner here. And uh, I think that she will go on. She'll cash in against Becky Lynch. She'll probably win. She'll feud with Becky. She'll somehow beat her by cheating. She'll wrestle Asuka, maybe one other person, maybe Charlotte, and then wind up losing to Becky again. I think it's probably what will happen. Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. AJ Styles. Aleister Black. Rey Mysterio. Daniel Bryan. Otis. And King Corbin. And this one's really interesting to me because with Drew McIntyre as your champion, I think AJ Styles would be, and again, this could be my heart because he's my favorite wrestler in the world right now. AJ Styles would be a really cool competitor wrestling against Drew McIntyre. I would absolutely love that. But is he going to hold the onto the briefcase for a long time? Is he as a heel? Because heel AJ Styles is very different than face AJ Styles. As a heel, is he going to go up to Drew McIntyre and say, hey, we should have a match? No, you don't try to cash it in. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. I love Rey Mysterio. There's no way he's winning it. Uh, like Otis a lot, no way he's winning it. Aleister Black, love me some Aleister Black. And this is the best option. This will not happen, but Aleister Black winning money in the bank is what should happen. Because he's been built up very strong. Just continue it for six more months and give him the freaking title. Aleister Black could be a superstar if he's booked right. Uh, Dan O'Brien. That's a big if. Need it. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Dan O'Brien doesn't need it, won't win it. I think it comes down to AJ Styles versus Bar- or Baron Corbin. And th- this one's so hard because I'm not sure I would give it to any of these six guys. And I'm just looking at the, the roster, and I don't really know who I would give the men's money in the bank to this year. I think it's important for the money in the bank winner to be kind of like the Royal Rumble winner, right? To where you're either uh, a main eventer that needs something or an up-and-comer. So that's why I, w- I would pick Aleister Black. Um, I hope King Corbin doesn't win it. He just won King in the Ring. I'm going to pick AJ Styles, but I just I just don't know. I just don't know. I just I don't think any of these guys, other than Aleister Black, who is not going to win it, need this. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'll be really interested to see how it's set up, but I don't know. Micah? I'm going to guess not on how they think they will book it because they'll probably put Corbin in the win yeah. because they're dumb and they like doing dumb things. But I'm going to do it how I would book it. How I would book this Money in the Bank is, yes, I would have Firefly Funhouse Bray lose to Braun, right? Okay. If they're doing Firefly Funhouse, Mr. Rogers Bray, he's losing to Braun. All right? Then you're going to have the next pay-per-view or sometime soon – which will be the next pay for you because they're like every three weeks. It's ridiculous. Uh, you're going to have The Fiend beat Braun. And you're going to have Aleister Black win the money in the bank. And you're going to have Aleister Black cash in not on Drew McIntyre, but on 
The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And just as it should have been booked originally, as it should have been, Aleister Black should have been the only person to beat The Fiend, but no, they're stupid and they do stupid booking. Yep. Aleister Black is going to win Money in the Bank, cash in on The Fiend, and beat him. That's how I would book it. That's probably not what will happen. They'll probably have freaking Corbin win the Money in the Bank and then beat Drew McIntyre clean or some bull crap. Uh, or even The Fiend clean, for all we know. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say Aleister Black just because in my head that makes the most sense. I think they'll probably do Corbin or AJ, like you said. Um, if it's not Black, I would actually say AJ. But I'm going to say Aleister Black. That's my... I'm locking it in. Final answer. Okay. Uh, this one's tough, too. I think if it's Paul Heyman's call, I think Aleister Black is getting the briefcase. I think if it's Vince's call, which it is, I think he's giving it to either AJ or Corbin. Uh, I picked Nia on Raw. But I just can't see Corbin. I mean, I could see him winning it, but I don't know if I want to see him win it. I know Vince is big on. He's big on people who like you know do in favors or you know go out there and you know perform well, like a "What have you done for me lately?" type attitude. And right. AJ went out there with Taker and had an awesome graveyard match. They brought him back just for this match. At the, at the last second, really, and put him in. I think they put him in for a reason. I think AJ is going to win it. Uh, like I, I, I don't know how I feel about picking two people on Raw, but it's like really the only two people I could see making sense to win it. Um, I mean, I could see you know with the women, some of the, someone other than Nia on Raw, but I would like to see Alistair win it. But I just, I don't think Vince gets it. It's one of those things that like it's it's Heyman versus Vince, and I think right. I think Vince probably likes Alistair. He, he doesn't think he's there yet. But I think AJ, he can't resist not giving him the co- the contract after having that great match with Taker. I think he probably feels like he owes it to AJ. And AJ would be a good opponent for McIntyre. I think that, that he's the bigger star right now, and I'd be fine with it. So I think it's going to be AJ. You know what I would be Makes legitimately sense. okay with? I would be yeah. okay with Baron Corbin winning this match if Braun Strowman beats Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin immediately cashes in, beats Braun Strowman for the title. The Fiend continues to feud with Braun Strowman because that keeps him away from the title because he doesn't need the title, even though they're going to give it to him. And then after he destroys Braun, then if he wants, if they want to do it, he can go after the title. So are you changing your answer, Matt? No, I'm, I'm still going with AJ. I would just be okay if, like, I don't want to see Baron Corbin win it, but I would be okay if that was the situation. I can see that too. And yeah. then Roman Reigns comes back, and we get another eight-week feud between. I see. I like. I like your booking here. It makes sense. That's good stuff, pal. It's good stuff. Please, uh, please don't bring that back into my brain. I do not want to see that ever again. Or better Goldberg versus Baron Corbin. Oh gosh. <laughs> Okay, let, let's let's okay. We have our predictions, and uh, we'll see who wins. But I have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven question money in the bank quiz, and I'm gonna we're gonna go through all seven, uh, no matter if someone wins, because I just want to get through all the questions. But best of seven, 
And hopefully there's not a tie. Hopefully you guys have them. Uh, I've given all multiple choice on these. To answer, simply say your name. They're okay. both there. You guys you guys good? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. Micah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number one. The Money in the Bank ladder match debuted at WrestleMania. Which WrestleMania did it debut at? 21, 22, 23, Kyle. or 24? Kyle. Kyle. 21. WrestleMania 21 is the correct answer. Mm. Kyle won Mike a zero. Number two, at WrestleMania 21, which is the first Money in the Bank ladder match, who won that match? Kyle. Micah. Uh, I think you guys basically tied, so we're going to flip a coin. Micah, call it. Heads. Hey, Google, flip a coin. Jesus. It landed on tails. Kyle. Edge. Edge is the correct answer. Which you guys can see on the very first Best in the Worst episode. We you, watched that match. Do you think you know me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Question number three. Who was the first person to win the Money in the Bank briefcase twice? Kyle. Yes. Edge. Edge is correct. All right, Mike, you got to give us four in a row. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. Question number I'm four. I'm for Titan Towers right now, Micah. You got a long way to go. <laughs> Rip stuck on the four. elevator. Number four, who won the first ever women's Money in the Bank match? Sasha Banks, Carmella, Becky Lynch, or Bailey? Micah. Micah. Uh, I'm going to go with Sasha Banks. Just a complete guess. That is an incorrect guess. Kyle. Mella is money, baby. That is correct. Carmella. Won your money. I think she's won twice, if I remember right. That's what she said on SmackDown. I didn't know. I couldn't remember if she'd won twice. I know she won yeah. the first time, and James Ellsworth helped her. Yeah, and everyone freaked out yeah. over it. Yeah. Uh, question number five. Mike, you're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who did Rob Van Dam cash in his money in the bank on? Kyle. Micah. Micah. It was Cena, right? That is correct. Yeah. If Cena wins, we riot. That's where the sign comes from. Yeah. He wrestled God, I wish, him. I wish Cena would have won. <laughs> no, gosh. <laughs> I want to see the hammer sign ballrooms get torn apart. It would have been something, actually. Yeah. Would have burned to the ground. Uh, question number six. How long is the Money in the Bank briefcase good for? Kyle. Until WrestleMania? Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, the, the first one was until WrestleMania, but it was a 12-month span, so it is 12 months. One year is correct. And the final question. Who was the only Money in the Bank ladder match winner to lose their briefcase to another superstar? Was it John Cena? Kyle? Kane? Go ahead. Uh, Damian Sandow. That is incorrect. Did that happen? Because if it happened, then I have my question wrong. Uh, He might have just... Failed the cash in. I think he failed the cash in. I'm going to double check that. Uh, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and ask you. Okay. John Cena, Kane, Edge, 
or Mr. Kennedy? Uh, I'm going to guess Mr. Kennedy because otherwise he wouldn't be in that question. That is correct. Mr. <laughs> Kennedy is the correct answer. Uh, Damian Sandow did fail his cash-in. Okay. And it was against John Cena. I don't even know who that is. Damian Sandow, you don't know who that is? Ms. Dow. Yeah. Yeah. He was the guy that I liked the Miz for a while. Aaron Rex. Yeah, as you can tell, I have like a 10-month blank window of WWE, and I guess he was <laughs> uh, in that span. Only 10 months? 10 years, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. There you go. Yes, he was in that span. 100%. Uh, so Kyle wins 5-2, to two, but not too bad. That uh, After... <laughs> It was just he he went four and zero. So luckily you got the other three questions, or it would have been a clean sweep. Yeah, yeah, it's a good job. So that means, Micah, that you have to do our thirty second challenge, or I could just leave. You could do that, but what's the fun in that? (laughs) All right, what we got? Thirty seconds. Next thirty seconds. I want you to tell me why your women's Money in the Bank match winner is. Dana Brooke. And go. Well, you see, in today's time, you really have to go with who has a social media presence. Who do you want to carry <laughs> your title? Do you want Becky Lynch or Bailey, people who are actually good wrestlers? Or do you want the woman who has been buzzing around the internet with her just, just jaw-dropping, just drama every week? With her relationship with Batista, everybody knows that that's what's important. Social media is important. That's why Dana Brooke is going to win Money in the Bank, cash in on Becky Lynch, and become your Raw Women's Champion. With the Batista bomb. With the Batista bomb, that's right. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 102 of Russell Life Radio. Make sure to tune in on Tuesday for our review show, and then on Wednesday... For our review of AEW Dynamite, spoiler alert, it was really, really good. Money, it was uh, SmackDown. And, yeah, it, it, was, it was significantly better than SmackDown <laughs> and, uh, and Raw. Did we grade SmackDown, by the way? I don't think we gave it an official grade, did we? Uh, c- no, you did not. C minus. C minus? Okay, F-. I'm going to give it a... I'm, you didn't watch it. Uh, F- I did minus watch it. If I didn't watch it, F minus. I did watch it, D minus. It was bad. It was not good. Yeah. Uh, the, which is n- not usual for me because if there's good wrestling, usually I'll give it a decent grade. But gosh, it was just so stupid. I'm just sitting here watching it for an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what other things could I be doing with my life right now? Anything. Anything else is better than this. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Make sure to follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.poly. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. Also, cheap plug, make sure to check out Andy Focus, the one that was just posted yesterday with Unholy Isaiah James. We've had a couple other really great ones, and we have more coming up. We might even have one or two that are already recorded, so you know they're coming up real, real soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We very much appreciate you, and we absolutely... Hope you have a wonderful day. See you guys. And the next time you see us, this may be an AEW only podcast.